welcome to the Chocolate Cake Bites podcast. This is a podcast where we will discuss the sweet nuggets of goodness that come from living the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Ken Williams. The opinions, attitudes, thoughts, and ideas that we discuss are those of the hosts and guests and are not necessarily a reflection of the actual doctrines of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thanks for listening and enjoy this week's conversation. And this week, because I have been thinking for a few weeks, actually, about uh, the the concept of laying our burdens at the feet of the Savior, um, I'm just going to share some of my thoughts. I was asked recently to participate in a Turtle House fireside. That's the uh, There's a fireside that goes just about every Sunday, uh, 8 o'clock Eastern. And my brother, who shall not be named... <laughs> <laughs> is the host. And so, um, and then my sister Annette is the one who helps coordinate some of the guests. And so I luck into that sometimes where they reach out to me with um, ideas or with, with topics. And sometimes if there's a, a an urgent need, which is super fun, <laughs> I get the, the call, Hey, is there any way that you can do this today? And I love uh, being able to share some of the thoughts that I have. And it helps out also for this podcast so that I can um, uh, add some of the things that I am thinking about there and share it with you as well. So um, what does it mean to lay our burdens at his feet? And as I was starting to think about this, I thought about it in the way that a lot of times we do traditionally. I looked at what is a burden? And a burden really is a load. And it's any kind of a load. We tend to think, uh, if you think about, for example, beast of burden, uh, it's a heavy load that we tend to think about, but it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, a heavy thing. And especially if we think about, if we, at least in our mind, expect that a burden is heavy, then then I think that puts us at risk of comparing our burdens with other people's burdens. For example, as I was thinking about my, my thoughts, I've thought about my own personal burdens, and uh, it's easy for me to think my burdens have not been that, that heavy. I don't have any really significant health challenges. I don't have any relationship challenges that are um, that uh, difficult. Um, and I see other people around me, and I uh, there's somebody that I work with who recently lost a son, and I've got uh, a dear friend who whose daughter's daughter was killed in a car accident a year ago. I've got a, a cousin who was killed in a car accident a couple of years ago, and I've got uh, friends who have very difficult health challenges and people that I know with financial challenges. My buddy CJ, we've had him on the podcast before, who has lost his sight. And it's easy for me to look at all those difficulties that other people are are experiencing compared to my pretty easy life. And I think, well, (laughs) my, my burdens aren't um, that's significant. But the thing is, it doesn't matter what your burden is. It doesn't matter whether it's a job loss or a health challenge, death or sickness as a loved one, depression, anxiety, infertility, a horrible job, et cetera, car accidents, whatever. It could be as minor as, um, as losing your keys, any kind of a relationship problem, your kid's on a mission or kid's not on a mission, whatever, whatever your situation is. The burdens that we have are taxing, they're challenging. And even a minor, quote unquote, minor burden can become very heavy over time. As an example, my mom and I were talking the other day about um, her brother who a couple of years ago-ish, year and a half ago, was diagnosed with cancer. And then within, I think, two weeks, he was gone. He lost his life. 
And um, so his surviving wife was talking to my mom recently about, is that easier or is that harder than what my mom is going through? My dad, 18 years ago, had a stroke and that really has uh, started his um, long, slow decline. His uh, second major stroke, uh, he may have had minor ones in, in the interim, but had a stroke uh, five and a half years ago. And with dementia, the report that I got today is that he is not eating much and not very responsive. He's saying the word no. He's willing to eat certain things, but not super engaged. He had some <laughs> some candy, uh, wanted some juice, and that was it. His weight his, uh, is declining. His um, dementia is certainly um, becoming more prevalent. And which one is easier? The, the quick... <laughs> fast loss of a loved one or the slow, painful loss of a loved one. And I don't know, in my experience, I lost my dad 18 years ago and literally we lost him. We didn't know where he was. I was out selling insurance. Uh, I was a hundred percent commission. I was out selling life insurance and I was, my job was to meet with people in their homes and help them understand the importance of having some financial security for a few dollars a month for either themselves or, or the, themselves and members of their family. So if something happened, they would have some sort of financial security. And I get a phone call. I think it was from my sister, Candace, who said, we can't find dad. We don't know where he is. And he was in California. I was in Indiana. So there's nothing I can do. Nothing I can do about this. And I'm supposed to go sell an insurance policy with this thought in my mind, I don't know where my dad is and nobody knows where my dad is. And he's not responding to phone calls. This is before the um, technology existed with the iPhones to track where people were. Nobody, nobody knew. And they found him. He had uh, had a stroke. He was in his car, didn't feel well. So he parked and uh, stayed in his car for hours. Just nobody knew that there was a medical emergency going on. And, and, it took uh, some time for him to recover. But so I lost him that day when he had a stroke five and a half years ago and the dementia started to to really become uh, evident. I lost him again that day. And the stories that he had, gone. I, he'll never tell me another story. Um, the phone calls, gone. He's not saying much of anything anymore. And at some point in the future, I'm going to lose him again. And I don't know how that's going to feel. I don't know how I'm going to take it. I don't know how, what that's going to be like. My point is, we all have burdens. We all have things that make life um, difficult. I probably will go with that. I think that's probably the best word. Now, we've talked about this on the, the podcast in the past, but one of my personal pet peeves is the thought that, or the idea that, or the comment that everything happens for a reason. I think that's a lie. I don't think it's true. I think we like to say that to people because it helps us feel better. It, I don't think it helps other people feel, feel better. So I try my best to not say that. But if I think about the, any of these situations that I've talked about, the fact that some people don't have kids and want them, did that happen for a reason? Now, we absolutely can find meaning in that. What about those people who don't want kids and find themselves pregnant? Did that happen for a reason? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't, I'm, and what I should say maybe is I'm not convinced that God has some master plan that 
includes certain people dying in the prime of life and other people hanging on <laughs> like my dad for years and years. I don't know that that's part of God's master plan. But I do think that we love to make meaning out of everything. So we um, so we use that phrase trying to make ourselves feel better. So there's an answer to that. We've discussed it on the podcast in the past, but I'll bring it up because uh, especially if you're a new listener, my sister, Annette, who's been on before, had a, a brain tumor a few years ago and it was benign, but the removal of the tumor caused some, at least what seems like now, damage. Some a tra- It's a traumatic brain injury. And she doesn't know how long-lasting this is going to be, whether it's going to be permanent or whether it's going to be somehow healed at some point. And she was talking to a coach. She was talking to a life coach who was trying to help her work through this. There's some anger and some bitterness when something like that happens, when you lose somebody or when somebody <laughs> has the long, slow decline or when there's a, whatever it is. And so her coach asked her, what is your role in developing this brain tumor? And then that said, she hated that question because it was, there was, she didn't have a role. There was no role. It was a freak occurrence. She didn't cause it. It wasn't because of health choices that she made or didn't make. It just happened. But then the answer came to her. And the answer that she came up with was, I have an imperfect mortal body. That was her role in developing that brain tumor. And I think that's the answer for a lot of us, for a lot of our burdens. We have imperfect mortal bodies that don't work the way that we think that they should. They get sick and die. They experience trauma. They forget things that they want to remember. They remember things that they want to forget. And we all have burdens because we live in an imperfect body in an imperfect world. I don't think our burdens are caused by a mean or manipulative God who wants to see how much he can make us suffer. He gave us these imperfect bodies for a purpose. And part of that was so that we could learn to, to master, learn to control our, our bodies. But these imperfect bodies were born of imperfect parents. They, they house our imperfect souls that sometimes make imperfect choices. All of our bodies, our temporal bodies sometimes are subject to all of that imperfection. Things happen. Things happen to us, and those things sometimes can be hard. And I think Heavenly Father allows us to experience those hard things because they allow us to get to know Him in a better way. The problem, maybe it's a problem, I don't know if it's a problem, but I'm just going to say, for the sake of my my, uh, thoughts today, the problem is sometimes those things, those burdens, become our identity. So I'm not sure that that's the best way for us to think about our burdens. Are you your identity? Are you are you your burden? Are you the victim of whatever your burden is? So let's pause for a minute. Let's talk about him. Let's talk about who he is. When we leave our burdens at his feet, we're talking about the Savior. How does he feel about you? And I wonder, is he secretly pleased that you're going through something hard? I think sometimes in our Christian culture, we assume that our hardships are self-imposed. And sometimes they are. We make a mistake and there are consequences. And those natural consequences to our actions absolutely sometimes cause 
difficulties for us, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the stories we tell ourselves about why we have problems. Like, well, I didn't pay my tithing this month, so that's probably why I lost my job. Don't think that's true. I don't think that's how it works. I don't think it's a tit-for-tat type of thing, that I did this, so I got that. I paid my tithing, and so I got a promotion. Absolutely, we are blessed when we do things. And we may not receive blessings associated with obedience if we're not obedient. But I don't think that not paying your tithing, for example, is going to be the reason that you lose your job. Or the fact that you aren't very good at your ministering assignments, that I don't think that's the reason you didn't get the promotion. Or I don't think that the fact that you missed your Come Follow Me study this week caused your kids to have a faith crisis, for example. Um, as far as blessings for obedience, absolutely. I think we're blessed when we're obedient, but I'm not sure that we're punished when we're not obedient, in addition to the natural consequences. What if, and this is a thought that I got from Adam Miller's book, um, Original Grace, what if God isn't in the business of doling out punishments? What if he's in the business of letting letting his works be manifest? And I'm thinking about the scripture in John. This is the blind man who in the book of John chapter 9, verse 1 through 3, which says, And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And I love that Jesus changed the question. Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. So suppose for a minute that all the problems that you have, all the difficulties that you experience, the challenges and the hardships, the burdens, everything, what if none of that was a punishment? What if all of it, everything, was so that the works of God could be made manifest in your own life? What if, in his infinite love, God wants so badly for us to become our best selves that he allows us to have a hard time in our life. So that as we learn to work with our burdens, our challenges, our limitations, and our problems, we then get to know him better. One of the sweetest experiences that we can have, I believe, is to discover who we are to our Heavenly Father, to learn our infinite worth to him, and to discover how much he loves us individually. It does not depend on what you do. It's not dependent on your behaviors. You can't do anything to earn his love. You already have it. You can't lose it. It's permanent. It's fixed. It is constant. And it is amazing. I think he allows us to feel burdened so that his works can be made manifest. So then the next question is, how do you layer your burdens? How do we lay our burdens at his feet? So as I was thinking about this, I thought about, <laughs> I thought about a cruise I was on recently and uh, the experience that I had with my cell phone. So if you, if you want to just go through this, you can imagine holding your cell phone. Maybe you have it close by. Maybe you're listening to the podcast on your cell phone. So as I was on my cruise, I went out on deck four, which was um, the, the deck where our dining room was and one night, beautiful sunset. So I'm walking out on the deck and uh, took some pictures of the sunset. Anytime I got close to the railing, 
I would just hold on a little bit tighter to my phone. As I walked around the deck, whether it was uh, on deck four or on other decks out, out where I was out um, at the edge of the ship where the ra- there was railing, a railing, I found myself checking, double checking my pockets to make sure that my phone was in there. I did not want to lose it. I did not want to drop it into the ocean. So imagine if you're holding your own phone, imagine that you're taking that selfie over the cruise ship railing, or you're trying to get a good um, picture of the sunset, or we had some uh, some moments where we were able to see dolphins jumping in the, in the ocean, taking pictures of the uh, ocean waves or the dolphins or whatever it is. And just imagine how tightly you're holding onto it. You want to preserve the memories that the phone holds. You want to make sure that you keep the call logs, all of those text messages, everything, everything that you have on there. And your phone feels really important. It probably even feels like it's an extension of you. And so, um, <laughs> as you think about this, we, we feel so connected to our phones. Uh, I'm an Android person, and I'm sorry if that dif- disappoints some of you. I know some of you have iPhones, and, and many people are fiercely loyal to their operating system. Uh, whatever your choice is, though, it probably is somehow a representation of who you are. <laughs> whether you're a blue bubble person or a green bubble person, um, is it part of your identity? And for, I know for me, absolutely, it is. I I have an iPhone for work and I just, <laughs> I feel a little bit dirty every time I use it. So just for a minute, imagine that you're holding onto your phone and you just notice the tension in your fingers, uh, the the pressure maybe that you feel, that you're in your forearms and your wrists, the, the weight of the phone is not much uh, and it won't wear you out right away. But think about, just just keep that in the back of your mind for a minute. I was visiting a family in my ward a few weeks ago. Actually, it was probably a couple of months ago now. Amazing family. And um, we have an agreement <laughs> with the family that uh, they come up to me with, well, I guess I start with gospel questions. I'll have a question for them about something that's, that's gospel related. Maybe what I'm thinking about for Come Follow Me, it may be something that that uh, is on my mind about laying our burdens at his feet or something like that. So they'll, the kids will ask me questions. Well, they will come to me. I'll ask them questions. And when they answer, if they answer with a, an acceptable answer, uh, and my whole purpose is I want them to think. I want them to think a little bit about the gospel, a little bit differently maybe than what they had in the past. And if they're successful, then I share a chocolate cake with them. And so those are some of my favorite experiences. So I've been thinking about this, burdens that we carry. And, and so I was over at their home. And I saw a fruit basket. It was not a big, heavy fruit basket, but it had a little bit of weight to it. It had some bananas and uh, apples, I think, in there. So I asked their son to hold it, hold the fruit basket. And there were a couple of rules. He had to hold it straight out from his body. He could only hold it, no support. I didn't want him to support it with his other hand. I wanted him to hold it straight out from his body and just with one hand. He could not lower his hand, his arm. I didn't want him to... to um, lose that support. I wanted to see what his capacity was, what his limit was. Because I don't think we know our limits. I don't think that we know what we're capable of until we start going through some of these challenging uh, experiences. So the basket wasn't very heavy, but after a couple of minutes, his, his hand started to droop. And so I pushed him. I was I was encouraging him. Hey, it's been a minute. It's been a minute and a half. See if you can go to two minutes. You've got 20 seconds. And so I was giving him the countdown. And a couple of times as, as I was doing this, his mom would come over and she would just gently support his hand just for a few seconds. She didn't take over. She just supported his hand so that it gave him a little bit of relief as he was 
as he was continuing. I was amazed. There were a couple lessons that I learned as I watched this. Number one, even the light burdens feel heavy sometimes as we hold them for a long period of time. The longer that light burden weighs on us, the heavier it feels. And the second thing, like I said earlier, I don't think we know our capacity. We don't know what we're capable of until we're in the middle of it. And really, maybe not until we're at the end of it. When I was working full-time many years ago, I was the stake young men's president. I was, I'm still working full-time, but I was working full-time. I was the stake young men's president. I was going to school for my uh, MBA, and I was in flight school trying to get my private pilot's license. At the same time, Marcine, my sweet wife, was the Relief Society president in the ward. We had three small kids. So <laughs> things were a lot crazy at home. She didn't feel like she could handle it anymore, so she prayed <laughs> that I would spend more time at home. And her prayer was answered. And it came in the result. Uh, the result was I lost my job. So here I am now in school, which my company was paying for, in flight school, which what my company was not paying for, but I was very close to the end. I not, did not want to end that. And I was the stake young men's president. So her prayer was answered, not the way that she thought. And so the burden that we were feeling shifted. It was a different burden now. It wasn't necessarily easier or harder. It was just different. So there may be times that we think we can only hold our burdens for a few minutes and we get a little bit of encouragement. Maybe we get a burst of spiritual energy. Maybe someone lightens our load. Maybe they come by with a uh, uh, a meal. Maybe they, they send us a, a much needed note or a text message. Something happens many times and we realize that we're much more capable than we imagined we were. So going, going back to your phone, thinking about what would it take to lay your phone down? If that's your burden, what does it take to lay your phone down? Now, even a little bit more extreme, what would it take to drop it over the rail of that cruise ship railing? Because our burdens feel so much like a part of us, don't we cling on to them sometimes? Sometimes letting our burdens go, laying them down, can be hard. As hard as dropping our phone over the, over the railing. Because they're a part of us. They're a part of our identity. We may be tired. We may be even exhausted. But we just can't quite open up to the idea that we can let them drop at the Savior's feet. I believe that our Father in Heaven loves us. Your Father in Heaven loves you more than you can imagine, and He wants you to trust Him with your burdens. So talk to Him. Tell Him your concerns, your fears, your feelings. Tell Him what you think you need. He may not agree. He may not give you what you think you need. It turns out He usually gives you what you do need. But as that all happens, you may get new ideas on how to handle things that come into your mind. And laying your burdens at his feet is not a one-time, once-and-done type thing. It's not a one-time event. Because of the habit, because of the identity, many times we still will find ourselves clutching onto those burdens, and it will take time to remind ourselves that he's on our side. He wants us to learn his works and how they can transform us, how they can transform our life. That is how his works are made manifest. 
So you may need to remind yourself often, you are in a partnership with Christ. It's okay to let him help you carry your load. There may be times that he'll encourage. There may be times that he adds a little bit of strength to wait to lighten the weight of the load. There may be a ministry visit, an invitation to spend time with a loved one, that uh, text message, the phone call, the um, something that happens where you know that you're loved and seen and cared for. He loves you. He knows you. And so let him show how much he cares. So let go. Let go of the burdens and let him in. See his works and eventually it will be unmistakable because they'll be everywhere. So those are my thoughts. Those are my thoughts on laying our burdens at his feet. Some things that I've been thinking about for this Turtle House Fireside, which will air at some point, probably early next year. I'm just uh, making sure that I'm ready early on. And um, there you go. Those are my thoughts. Thanks for listening. Um, ideas on uh, what we should uh, discuss? I would love to hear them. You can reach out to me, Ken at ChocolateCakeBites.com. In the meantime, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Chocolate Cake Bites. Please like, share, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating and review. We'd love to hear your comments and ideas, and you can reach out to me at ken at chocolatecakebites.com. And before you end the day, take a few minutes to consider, who do you know who needs chocolate cake?